0: In the words of Tiger Lily, North Dakota, where the Badlands call home. And this is the Fat Man Chronicles. Welcome to episode 98 of the Fat Man Chronicles. I'm Pete and I'm flying solo. But if Gretchen were here, we still are a regular couple on the journey with you to health, fitness, weight loss, and a better life. So today we are interviewing a gentleman by the name of Josh Hobine. He is from North Dakota, hence the lyric at the beginning of the show. And Gretchen doesn't get in on these interviews too often. Hopefully she listens to this one, though, because it is really good. Josh has got an incredible story and a huge passion for helping people, especially through food prep, which you'll hear about, something that's extremely important for many people when it comes to weight loss and also just kind of organizing life. So with no further ado, we're going to get over to this interview with Josh. All right, we're joined by... A special guest today, we've got Josh Hobine coming all the way from one of those Dakotas. I forget which one, though.
1: The better one, North Dakota. North Dakota, there we go.
0: (laughs) All right, we've got Josh that's joining us, and can't wait to get into a a great conversation. Josh, welcome to the Fat Man Chronicles.
1: Hello, I am welcomed. (laughs) Uh, I've been a fan of the show for about a couple months now, so I really like what you and Gretchen have going on and I'm honored to be on here.
0: Awesome. Why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself, kind of who you are, where you're from and and all that good stuff.
1: Okay. Well, uh, my name is Josh and I, a little, I guess a little bit about me. I've lost over 150 pounds in the last uh, five years or so. Um, picked up running as part of the weight loss and I'm currently training for a full marathon in September. I got a couple halves uh, on the way to redo. I did my first half marathon last year with the ultimate goal of doing an ultra marathon. So um, I'm really big into meal prepping, and um, part of my like weight loss is being very active in the community. So I'm a part of many different communities. I moderate the weight loss subreddit, um, lose it if you if anyone read it, and um quite a few Facebook groups and stuff like that. So I just, I love talking about health, nutrition, weight loss, um, getting people excited about it and just helping any way I can. And it helps keep me on track because if I'm giving advice, then I need to be able to take it. So uh, that's kind of the short about me. Um, If you want the five minutes version of my weight loss story, I can definitely get into that.
0: (laughs) Heck yeah. And also before I forget to say it, we'll hook up, those communities in our show notes. So if you just shoot me a note with what uh, the URLs, then I'm happy to, to throw those links right in the show notes for people that want to join you. Perfect. Yeah, but definitely let's get into the, let's get into the weight loss journey. Let's hear about this.
1: All right. So like most people, I've kind of been heavier my, my whole life. And about five years ago, I decided I was tired of just being, um, overweight and I needed to start eating healthier. So I didn't really know anything. I just thought all I needed to know was not eat fast food. I basically lived off of takeout food and just eat more veggies and fruits and home-cooked meals and just, you know, not crappy food and I'd be fine. Uh, My wife, well, she was my girlfriend at the time, she told me that all I needed to worry about was calories and I really need to watch how many of them I'm eating. And I remember having a argument with her and I explicitly said there is no way 100 calories of carrots and 100 calories of chips is the same thing well i was wrong i mean they're they're clearly different in a nutrition value but as far as weight loss goes um, they're mostly you know 100 calories is 100 calories but i didn't know that then so what i ended up doing is like an example if i'd go to a gas station for breakfast nor like before i would get like two breakfast sandwiches a hash brown and like an energy drink or something and then i switched to one breakfast sandwich a banana a protein bar and some sort of healthy sugary drink so i was basically eating the same amount of ridiculous calories just healthier and i was like well i'm not losing any weight so my family's been all big and i've been big all along so it's clearly i'm just predetermined to be fat and i can't do anything about it so um that I kind of stopped trying for about a year and then I moved in with some of my best friends and in order to save money I asked my my friend Alex if he'd want to go halves on food and we can prepare meals together and it'll be fun and save money and he said sure but he at the time was on something called the paleo diet And he said, if I'm going to make food with him, i got to follow that diet, because he's not going to change anything up for me. And I was like, well, I'm like 350 pounds, so sure, I need a change in my diet habits. Let's give this a try. Our first week, we made some pretty awesome chili, and basically I just ate the chili and vegetables for a whole week. And then I figured out that if I'm going to be doing the diet, I should probably add some exercise. So regardless of my size, I've always kind of been pretty active. Uh, I really enjoyed playing disc golf, I actually was uh, a professional at that, um, which is pretty cool and I would go and play that a lot, so I'd always a lot of steps, um, always be moving. In college we took these uh, presidential fitness exam things, I'm not sure, it was part of a gym class I was in and I passed all of them except for flexibility and of course BMI, so I've always thought like, oh I'm a fit fat person, I'll be okay. (laughs) Um, so I started going on nighttime walks quite a bit around this time. So I was on paleo, started doing a lot of walks. And then um, one Friday I went to work, and me and my friend Alex that had been meal prepping together, uh, we also worked together at a small IT company. There's um, 10 or 11 employees that worked there at the time, and we're a pretty tight-knit bunch, bunch there. Um, we'd go out for lunches, hang out outside of work. We're basically a pretty big work family. And one of the programmers unexpectedly passed away the night before. Uh, He was out on a jog and ended up collapsing and having a heart failure. And it turned out to be um, like one of those one in a million things where he had like an enlarged valve. Um, I can't remember exactly the details, but it was something along the lines of that. Um, Just undiagnosed because he'd never really been in for it or anything. And it just, freak accident happened. So... Uh, that was pretty hard, you know. He, he was a great coworker and uh, he was a pretty good friend. He was always smiling and just goofy and just great to be around. And it just, just didn't seem fair because he he would he would bike from a city away. He lived in uh, the city across the river from where we live, which is like a seven mile bike ride. He would bike to work. He would kayak, He jogged, and it just didn't seem right that he was the one taken. So I got pretty motivated to keep doing what I was doing. Uh, I got down to about 300 pounds then, but then I went on a vacation, I stopped eating paleo on this vacation. We went to Seattle, which is still one of my favorite places I've ever been to. I would love to go back in a heartbeat, but it's pretty hard to eat paleo on a vacation. And then when we came back, I went back into my old habits. So I consider that failure number one at losing weight, and every failure that I've had, I've basically learned from. And what I learned from this failure is that motivation's fleeting. Uh, I lost a pretty good friend, and if losing someone close to you doesn't get you motivated, like there's not much out there that's going to motivate you more than that. And that wasn't enough. Um, so motivation is great at getting you started. But it's not going to last. I learned that I need to develop discipline so that when the motivation wears off, I've built the healthy habits and I stick to it regardless of how I'm feeling or what's going on. So this was about, I can't even remember the month. It's been so long ago. But I remember January of that that year, of the next year, I couldn't really sleep. And I don't know if you guys are like me, but if I can't sleep, I start thinking about life and all that great stuff, which keeps you up longer. And uh, I went down the rabbit hole of my weight again, and I just kind of got disappointed with myself because I've basically kind of been able to do whatever I want in life up to this point just by putting my head down and doing it. I'm a very motivated person, and if I have a goal, I do whatever it takes to reach it. But I haven't been able to lose weight, and I don't have any reason for that, and I didn't have anyone to blame. So I needed to do more research and figure out what to do next. I started browsing around and found some different diets, and then I found out about this glorious diet called the 4 Hour Body Slow Carb Diet. Pete, have you ever heard of this diet?
0: Is this a Tim Ferriss thing? Yes. Yeah. I've read oh that. Oh my
1: god. So, at first I thought, this diet seems amazing, I, can, I get a cheat meal every week, I can eat whatever I want on that 24 hour glorious period, but then in between that cheat meal, you're only allowed to eat meat, eggs, dark green veggies, and beans, glorious beans, every freaking day, beans, Oh, <laughs> I got so sick of beans. That week, uh, the first week on though, I went shopping and attempted my first ever meal prep, which ended up being, a uh, chicken, beans, and some, uh, squash. And it was like zucchini and the, the green zucchini and the yellow squash. And I lasted about two months on slow carb before it was, it was just too restrictive and I relapsed and I didn't touch beans, but I ate everything else. <laughs> um, but I had like about two weeks of that and I started feeling like crap again, um, because although, the slow carb was hard and restrictive, I felt pretty good on it because I was eating healthier and eating less, so I didn't want to fail, so I figured let's do some more research. Um, but with this failure, what I learned is I really like meal prepping. It's pretty awesome, and I can do it forever, <laughs> or so I feel. Um, it's completely not necessary to weight loss, but it's a very powerful tool that can help and I still do it to this day. Uh, I love sharing my meal preps and everything. I like making them easy and it's just good to have. It takes out the uh, the fear, not really the fear, but like if you don't have a meal plan for the day, like just trying to decide what to eat for lunch or what to eat for dinner, there's so many choices that sometimes you just don't even know what to eat. So you just gravitate towards whatever's quick and easy and unfortunately it's usually not the most healthy. Yeah, I mean that, so that happens in other, all
0: kinds of life, right? Decision fatigue.
1: Yeah, that's that's the word I was looking for. So by eliminating that decision fatigue, it, it really helps you keep on track. So um, that's what I learned from that failure number two. And then I went back to the drawing board, did some more research, and I found out about basically calories. And I did a whole deep dive, like I read all of this research on uh, calories in, calories out. And I was like, okay, this seems like too easy here. Um, it's not really a fad diet. Like, you could have pizza, beer, Chinese food. You just have to moderate portions and just track. So I was like, right, I'll give this a try. So I downloaded my fitness spell and then I started tracking everything I ate. And I didn't really restrict anything at that point. I just wanted to track what I ate. And by tracking within the first three days, I was like, okay, well, this is clearly why I'm over 350 pounds, almost 400 pounds. Uh, I'm just eating a ridiculous amount of food. So. I started putting meal prepping in that and then tracking and making sure that I'm at a healthy calorie deficit and I started losing weight pretty easily without being restrictive and uh, that's kind of what I've, I've kept to you. So I've modified it a little bit to, to kind of fit what works for me, um, but I still follow the, the calories in and calories out today with meal prepping and that's when I started. I got down to about 290, I remember my getting below 300 pounds. That was my my reward for that was to let the world know that I had started a diet. (laughs) Um, Because that's another thing you find is if you announce on social media or to friends like, hey, I'm starting this diet, you get the satisfaction without any of the results. Like uh, the chemicals in your brain, it's like you're doing something without ever doing anything. So I decided not to do it this time until I reached the 50-pound goal. And then I started walking. There's like a two mile path that led from my house to a Chinese restaurant. I started walking and then I remember daydreaming like, ah, one night I'm just gonna like run this. And I felt it was so far fetched, but I just kept at it and then I started the couch to five K and then I was running, I ran the first five K and then I started in the ten K and I basically just a huge domino effect from there. So um so that's kinda of the, the short on going from almost four hundred pounds to where I'm at. Enough.
0: Nice. So, do you continue today to track? Do you track every meal?
1: Um, I track, I would say, eighty percent of of what I'm eating now, um, just because I've I've done it for six years. And tracking kind of sounds like it, you know, it's how oh, I don't want to track all my food. I want to scan it, but my Fitness bill makes it pretty easy. Uh, the restaurant database is pretty big. You can just scan barcodes, and it, I mean, it takes like maybe five minutes out of your day to do. Yeah. with meal prepping, if you're tracking that, um, there's like recipe features and stuff like that. You can input that stuff while you meal prep. It'll calculate how many meals. So if I'm doing four or five. It'll calculate all of that. So if I put that in each day, let's say my meal prep this week is 800 calories. My daily goal is 17. So 17 minus 8 is uh, 900 calories left. So I know that's how much I have for the day. If I don't eat breakfast... Um, then I know my supper's got to be around 900 calories. So it's pretty easy. Um, Right away, I tracked everything just because it was more of an accountability thing because I would just mindlessly snack and stuff like that. So I would basically say, like, if I'm going to put it in my mouth, it needs to be tracked. And then that kind of helped me stop with that. But I've gotten a little looser uh, as time goes on. But depending on how many shifts I work at the restaurant, I sometimes have to modify that a little bit. So...
0: And you haven't found a difference between any calorie you eat and your results.
1: Well, yes and no. And this is something that I tell quite a bit of people after telling them the, the awesomeness that is the calories. Because um, you, you can find studies, there's a professor who ate nothing but Twinkies and lost weight. Um, Oreos, and you're like, oh man, I could just eat nothing but ice cream and lose weight. And while well, technically you can... Um, It goes back to not being sustainable. It might not work for everybody. But the bottom line is you still need nutrition. And what I eat mostly now, what I found the most success with is mostly vegetables um, and lower amounts of carbs and protein and fat. It breaks it down to basically your whole foods, Um, cooking my own food and eating lots of vegetables. Depending on how busy I am, um, we might eat out more one week than another, but I try to make sure that I'm eating mostly vegetables and stuff like that, because regardless of, of weight, you still need to be healthy, plus with running and stuff like that, I, I need to make sure that my body's properly fueled, and eating 1,700 calories of ice cream every day, although it would be very tasty, uh, isn't going to let me get those results. So
0: That's what you get to do when you're at the ultra that you're heading for. Yeah, then I know, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking for. There. <laughs> and, like finally and,
1: and. be able to use that, Yeah. Um, use that. So, because that's another thing I tell people is there's there's no such thing as bad food, just bad portions. Every every food has a purpose, and all of that shitty food, its purpose is quick calories. And guess what? Ultra marathoners use that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and I think it's interesting to talk to different people about their journeys, and I like the fact that you found a couple of things that work for you that you continue to do most of the time. I've followed along on your meal prep stuff and it's fantastic. So, I can't wait to link that up for people to follow along with because you give basically this kind of slideshow step by step of how it works. And it, that's great. And for me, I you know, I when I start eating uh, even rice, like I swell up, my body swells. It doesn't matter if I eat the, within the caloric restrictions i've got a sensitivity to that and that's fine you just have to understand and know yourself because in the end it is calories in calories out because it's it's thermodynamics right so. yeah it's
1: it's a lot of thermodynamics and mean you can try to come up with whatever excuse you want but it's science and you, you really unless it's disproven you can't really fight science um and that was another thing i tried on my weight loss journey is just being um I wanted to try out different things, so even with meal prepping, like, I would be like, I want to try the vegan diet for a week. I wanted to try, like, the South Beach and the different lifestyles and ways of eating, um, just because I, I was naturally curious by it. Because once I started losing weight successfully and helping others, I kind of got obsessed with it, and I, I love, like, just learning and researching and stuff like that, so I started taking a couple online courses, uh, there's, like, free college courses you can take. Um, I started basically learning everything I can about it and I just wanted to kind of dive deep into it and learn as much as I can and experience as much as I can. And just like you said, like, although it comes down to kind of calories, like some, some things might not work for others. Some people might have to stay away from carbs or, you know, whatever it is. Um, it's just finding what, what tool works for you to lose weight.
0: Yeah, the way that I equate it is that all of us have a different engine and some some of us can run just fine on regular unleaded some need premium some need diesel it just depends and to think that it, i guess the the part where i always get tied up is to think that we're all the same on the in like we're all the same on the all i'm sorry we're all different on the outside we're all different on the inside too we have the same basic components but each of our genetic makeups metabolism it can vary and so if I have a sensitivity to uh, carbohydrates, it doesn't mean that the other person does, right? It doesn't mean that the other person can't eat brown rice. It just means that I have trouble with that. But in the end, and that's the part that I like, and, and it's something that I've circled back to, in the end, it is calories in, calories out. It's just my body might not process that calorie the same, so it might not leave my body in the same way it does somebody else. And that's where yeah, I think clearly... <laughs> that it makes it so interesting, right? That's why you've got 800 studies that disagree with with each other.
1: Yeah, you have the the blogs, you know, you, the lifestyle blog that oh carbs are the devil because this is what it does to my body, and the only way you can lose weight is to swear off of carbs and uh, the fear mongering and everything like that. So um, it's all interesting to to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, to me too, right? I mean, there's some people that if you eat a banana you're the devil. And other people that if you eat any kind of meat, you're awful. I mean, so some people make ethical choices. And to me, that's different. And, you know, that the last time, uh, you know, we interviewed somebody on the show, it was Dave Dushkin. And, you know, he happens to be plant-based. and But his approach is very similar, right? He, he does a lot of meal prepping, like you do. And he ends up with, healthier meals when he plans and when he doesn't just like you said falls off pretty easily i think that just described every one of us <laughs> for the most part yeah
1: just yeah having the having the plan is the is the biggest thing and like the ethical meeting uh, the ethical reasoning and stuff like that uh, i can definitely see that like i started this year to try to eat less red meat um just be, the studies i've seen with with the cows and all the, the farming is doing and stuff like that and whether it's completely backed by science, uh, you know, I don't know enough about it to say, but there can't be, I, I can't imagine me eating less red meat is doing harm. So, um, you know, I, I'm kind of feeling good about it, but at the same time, you know, if I go somewhere or, or if my only meal option is meat, like, I'm not going to raise a stink about it. I'm just, that's what it is. One meal is not going to change anything. Uh, and that goes the same with even trying to lose weight. Uh, you know, if You have a a work function, where it's a a, a potluck or it's Christmas for something, you know. That one day isn't going to make or break anything. Um, My biggest thing that, like, it's just a little saying that I like, and you, you, sorry, excuse me. You brush your teeth every day. And if you forget to brush your teeth one day, uh, it's not the end of the world. You know, you don't go into the next day saying, well, I forgot yesterday. I'm never going to brush my teeth again. And eating healthier, uh, the healthy habits should be treated the same way. Um, so what, you messed up yesterday. It's just like brushing your teeth. It's a new day and you're just going to get back at it because it's a habit you've built over time.
0: Nice. So when you're meal prepping, are you prepping for your family too, or is that mostly just for you?
1: have <laughs> uh, no, my family is kind of picky eaters, So, uh, it's, it's definitely just for me. Um. I've tried getting my wife to try things and I'm like, uh, you oh, know, this is the greatest thing I've ever made. It's the best thing I've ever put in my mouth. And she's just like, no, <laughs> I don't want it. I'm like, ah, oh. I did get her, um, addicted to tofu. So she's been meal prepping her own stuff. Um, she's eating a lot of tofu, which is cool. Um, she's been kind of meal prepping for the kids, like little lunchables and stuff like that and uh i'm sure when your kids were little they they just wanted to be like you know be like daddy and mommy so whatever we do they want to do so it's cool to them that they got their own little meal prep containers and uh i love interacting with my kids and stuff so they'll usually help me with some part of the of the the process but when i cook my meals they're basically just for me
0: i think bringing kids into the kitchen is fantastic i think that that teaches them so much just getting them involved
1: and that's, um, they, they try things because if I'm eating like red peppers or bell peppers and they're cutting them up, they want to try one. And even if they don't like it, at least they're trying it. And to me, that's kind of a, a big victory. You know, anyone has had a toddler, it's just a struggle to get them to eat anything. So, right. uh, and that's kind of one of my, my biggest fears is I, I don't want my kids to have to go through what I went through um, and not saying there's anything wrong with, being overweight or being fat or anything. But unfortunately there, there are problems that arise with it and self-esteem is one of them. And I want them to be, you know, as beautiful and feel as great as they want to feel. And I I don't want them to just eat peanut butter and jelly and chips and all the junk food. So
0: once again, great ultra foods. Um, (laughs) uh, So when you're, when you're out, on a run when you're going for longer runs are you fueling during any of those or what are you doing when you're when you're running are you just kind of pre-fueling How are you doing that
1: um i take uh, goo gels with me i recently tried uh, i know for christmas my wife stuffed my stocking with some um a, a bunch of different running stuff so i tried the jelly beans and I wasn't a big fan of those because I was, like, chewing while I was running. Uh, I just kind of like the gel. You crack it open and take it, and that's that. So depending on how long my run is, usually it's, like, if it's nine miles or longer, I'll take a goo with. but anything less than that. Um, I usually am just kind of good. Like, I'll eat a little more calories that day or pre fool a little bit, have an extra snack, um, or afterwards because you get the runger. So I try to keep... Um, like um, lunch meat is probably my go-to because it's lower calorie, high volume. So if I just want to devour things, it's still not that high of calorie.
0: Yeah, and you're putting protein in your body after a run. That's always a that's always a good thing. Protein helps replenish a lot of uh, the breakdown that happens during those runs. So that that makes some that makes some sense. Yeah, I I use Morton gels, and they're expensive, but it's like the first thing I found that doesn't just tear up my stomach. So it's been pretty nice. The I, I remember researching, a,
1: yeah I remember researching in it and it's like you wanna try these out before the actual race because some people have experienced digestive problems with these and I was like, oh great. <laughs> I'm gonna pull a Camille Heron on my run and <laughs> have to clean up.
0: Uh, oh yeah, well, if we could get anywhere close to being like Camille, I would take that probably.
1: Yeah, that's true. So (laughs) come home and clean up and just the wife be all disgusted. Like, no, you don't understand. I was
0: so fast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Um, So what's your strategies when you're eating out? Like, how are you looking at that? Or is that the time where you let go? Are you trying to keep mindful?
1: It kind of, oh man, it really depends. Uh, um, I love trying new things. Like I'm a pretty huge foodie. So if I go somewhere new, like I want to try like whatever their signature dish is, like I don't care how many calories it is, like I just want to try it, uh, it's not something that happens very often, so I can have one meal, it's not going to ruin anything, but basically I'm trying to find something that's mostly vegetable, um, protein, just basically the same things that I'd meal prep, um, start with the base of vegetables, some protein, and maybe like rice or potato or something like that. If it's fast food, I'll generally try to get um, like a burger, no bun. Uh, I really love Jimmy John's unwitches. So again, just trying to avoid what I call vehicle carbs. And that's just carbs that its sole purpose is to get other food into your mouth. It's like edible forks. <laughs> Burrito shells, burger buns. I'm not saying that they're bad, but I like, if I'm going to have 1,700 calories worth of food in my in my day, I want that 1,700 calories to be delicious. So I'd rather fill it with other things besides just a tortilla shell or a burger bun.
0: Yeah, the Unwich is an interesting thing. I mean, you just shove it all in there. If you order lettuce, they'll put the shredded lettuce, like, inside the lettuce wrap. It's I, know, a... I just
1: discovered that. It's amazing because it, be, it becomes like this giant monstrosity of a sub and you're like, what is this?
0: <laughs> I always love that. I would get get those often when I uh, was working in, in the wine biz and like fill it with extra cucumbers and I would throw some of that avocado spread in there and it just made it for a nice balance and it was actually pretty darn good. I agree. It was it was a it was a good meal. You got a lot of bang for your buck.
1: Yeah, they're they're definitely one of my go tos, and my wife and kids love Jimmy John's, so it's pretty easy to to always go with that. So, um, other than that, like other go tos, McDonald's has a grilled chicken Southwest salad that is absolutely amazing. It is way better than a fast food salad should even have the right to be, and even with the dressing, uh, I think the salad itself is two ninety, and the dressing is like one ten. So it's under 500 calories. Quite a bit of food, and uh, really good. You know, it's say what you will about the whole fast food thing, but everyone does it. I mean, it's a billion dollar franchise. So <laughs> right. you're lying to yourself if you can tell yourself you're never going to eat out or never going to eat fast food. So
0: yeah, I think I said that recently. That according to my Twitter and Facebook feed, nobody goes to McDonald's yet. There's always a line. So
1: yeah. I mean with one with one dollar Diet Cokes, you can't go wrong.
0: <laughs> I'm a water guy, so lucky for me, I don't even like diet. So I'm I'm good there. But the uh the iced tea at McDonald's, the not the unsweetened iced tea is surprisingly good there.
1: know, oh, I've not had that, but I'm a huge Diet Coke fan, so it's hard not to get one of those. There you go. Especially when it's so good there.
0: <laughs> awesome. So you said you grew up uh on the bigger side like did it ever impact you like as you grew up did it did it do anything to you that you wanted to lose weight as you got older
1: um i not being it like I, I was always pretty active but not being as, as fully active as i'd want to want it to be um clearly had whether i'd like to admit it or not it definitely had an effect on the social side of things Uh, I've always been pretty confident, and uh, aside from everyone's an awkward teenager at some point, but reaching past that point, um, it clearly would have, I I don't know, I don't know how to put it in in correct terminology, but I definitely felt I would have been treated better had I not been big, and then I got to the point where I just kind of embraced it, like it was just part of who I was, you know, like Big Josh, and I would embrace being big and how much I can eat and, and doing silly stuff like that. And at the time it felt awesome, but looking back on it, it's like, oh man, like why did you do that? Um, so I, again, I didn't really see it then, but um, kind of looking back, it's like, man, this, this could have would have been a lot cooler um, had I been healthier and, and not so big.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And what are your goals now? Are you still looking to lose some weight as you're picking up more running or what, what's uh, what's the future hold for you?
1: Yep. So I actually got down to about 220 at my lowest and then I had a career change. I went from IT uh, back into managing a restaurant and uh, that kind of wreaked some havoc. Um, being, a, being addicted to food, it and then being around, surrounded by that food 24-7 and having free access to it definitely isn't a good thing. So uh definitely stopped really kind of seeing what I was eating and mindlessly snacking again. And then working so much. Um, I helped. I got promoted pretty quickly. I started kind of as a manager and then um, got promoted to kitchen manager and then moved into a, a GM role all within like a year and a half. I helped open two stores. And I absolutely loved the franchise. I loved who I worked with, um, but it, I was working opening store week. your are uh, the whole month and a half leading up to that. I'm pretty sure I worked 90 to 100 hour weeks for a month and a half straight. And there's no time for meal prepping. There's no time for anything. You eat what is in front of you, and I didn't give a damn about calories. And uh, and then. Even when it was over and I went back to being normal, my new normal was just eating out three times a week and just eating shitty all the time again. So I ended up uh, gaining weight back until about 280 over the course of almost a year. And um, the last, I would say, eight months or so, uh, I've kind of combated that. I switched back careers into the IT field for multiple reasons but one of them definitely was my health was declining as much as I loved my job and everything. I wasn't able to see my family as much as I wanted to and i try as I might, I definitely wasn't um, meeting my health goals. It was hard to have a running schedule when my work schedule would always be changing or having to adapt. My phone was always ringing because I was the the guy in charge and and people needed me and I was okay with that but uh, it's just really hard to, to have any sort of plan. Um, and meal prepping and all that stuff kind of fell to the wayside. So uh, my new goal is to get back to two hundred and twenty, and my ultimate weight loss goal is to get down to one hundred and eighty. Uh, and I've never kind of been around that area, so we'll see where I go from there. Uh, maybe going to like body comp or something like that. I'm not a big fan of lifting weights, but you know, maybe maybe that'll change once I'm there. So
0: yeah, for sure, the strength training has. Started to make a difference for me again as I've gotten a little more consistent. Not where I want to be either, but definitely better than I better than I was. So, well, that's that's pretty awesome. And I love how you talked about the holistic view that when you're not when something else is out of balance by that much in your life, whether it's work or even sleep, it can cause this ripple effect that you just don't have the wherewithal to make the choice to potentially with time, but also just not have the wherewithal mentally to make the choice to eat better. And I've been reading a lot lately about lack of sleep, causing people, you know, like me to have sugar cravings. And it's one thing if you can combat that with an apple, but usually it's, you know, six or seven Reese's before you uh, get, get through it.
1: And there, there's also a chemical hormone released when you are sleepy that makes you feel like you're hungry, even if you're not. So, and it it sucks because I knew this was happening. Like, I could tell myself, I know exactly the science behind why this is happening, but I couldn't stop it, you yeah. know? It's like, I'm hungry, I need to eat, and I worked at a, a, a bar, kind of bar food pub restaurant, so I was like, well, boneless chicken wings and, and fries and... This is what's available to me and easy. So yeah, and you got to eat on the go. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it definitely wasn't an excuse. You know, I, I could have definitely powered through it. I tried doing keto a couple times and I was successful uh, doing keto, but it just wasn't sustainable for me, and especially with running. Um, the people who become fat adapted and you can run distances on keto, like hats off to them. My first couple of runs, like after about a month of keto, I oh they were just awful. <laughs> so yeah, I gave that up pretty quickly.
0: They are, and before I get hate mail, I know it's Reese's, not Reese's. I was doing that little tongue in cheek <laughs> for myself, but I will I, get I've I will get hate mail for that.
1: Uh, I've always pronounced it Reese's as well. I, I didn't, so it is Reese's. It's Reese's, Reese's yeah. Huh. It is. Well, I'm. I'm terrible at pronouncing things. It's pretty humorous.
0: <laughs> well that
1: I, I am at pronouncing things, so
0: that that's Gretchen's job on this show. We let her yeah. we let her struggle. Uh <laughs> but yeah, the the whole the whole thing about sleep and and is amazing and you were talking about becoming fat adapted and I was at one point and was able to run a very long way without any fuel. Even even water, I didn't need as much water either for whatever reason. And since then, I'm still able to run eh, probably somewhere around 12 miles without fuel. But, you know, just have water with me. But I'm better if I do fuel at a, an earlier mark. And that's, I think the other thing that running to me is a, a little bit of a metaphor. I don't think that's the right term, but I'm going to say it anyway. A metaphor for life and that if you wait too long to fuel in a race it's too late, and I kind of feel that way about eating just in general. if you wait too long, the chances just become exponentially higher that you're gonna devour the wrong food and in massive quantities so yeah um oh go ahead I'm sorry
1: no, I was gonna say, I was gonna say I can definitely see that um, and that's kind of what I, what I feel just in general about um liking to help other people and letting them, hopefully they figure it out sooner than I figured it out. Um, so the easier, the, the quicker you can get to the root of the issue and, and solve it or just not have the issue in the first place and the better off you're going to be.
0: Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that it's a good example that you're setting with the meal prepping. I do believe in Tracking food. I don't do it anymore. I used to. I did it religiously for quite a while. I got fatigue on that. Like, the good part for me, the good and bad was it made me think before I went to consume something, which is a very good thing. But I dreaded having to figure out putting it in. And like you said, my fitness pal's pretty good. But I'm lazy. So... (laughs) Any? Well, the the
1: other thing, the other thing I ran into, and this is kind of a product of of wanting to get out there and help more people, is that there's some people that have ob- obsessive um, disorders where they can't track um, because they'll obsess over every little calorie, and it becomes actually unhealthy for them to track. So it's definitely not for everyone. Um, but at the end of the day, your body does the tracking whether you mentally do it or not. So. You clearly don't need to mentally track, um, but you physically need to somehow track.
0: Right. I, you got to find what works for you. And, and it, look, if everybody ate more vegetables, we're probably better off. If everybody <laughs> cut their volume down, you're probably better off. And, you know, just don't eat too much. Mostly vegetables, you're, you're going to be fine. I mean, Scott says that on 10 junk miles all the time. And, I think that came from Michael Pollan if I'm not mistaken. Um but it's a it's a pretty good mantra overall. So
1: yeah, he he's not wrong. Like how how can you argue with that? You know, we can sit and argue about keto and paleo and eat this and eat that. But there's really nothing you can say about eat mostly vegetables and try to eat less. Like
0: <laughs> It's a, it's a pretty good formula. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I know. Just doesn't include things like cake, but that's okay less less cake that's all we're saying less cake <laughs> all right, so before we wrap it up, is there anything else that that you wanted to uh, to share?
1: Oh man, I don't even know It felt like time <laughs> flew by um, just it's just one of those I don't know. The health and, and fitness is just so individualized and I love hearing everyone's story because everyone's different and everyone finds something that works for them or or can find. Um, so I just, I really appreciate podcasts like yours uh, because they, they give an insight and there's other people who aren't as motivated us that want to speak about it, who seek out the material and they're just kind of looking for someone else to feel what they're feeling, so I uh, definitely appreciate you know what you're doing, and if I can be of any help to you or to anybody, um, feel free to reach out. Uh, I know Pete said he's going to put the, the links and stuff in there if you want to come check out some of the, some of the communities. Uh, the one thing I will say up front is um, not to bash anyone who does coaching or anything like that, but that is something that I do not do and I don't think I could ever do as far as nutrition-wise. I, I just... I would feel wrong charging people to tell them to eat more vegetables and eat less. <laughs> so um, I hope I wasn't giving off that vibe at any point, um, but I just <laughs> really want to yeah. throw that out there. So
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if, if you've got a need for coaching, I think there are some times that people can go through that. I, I personally try to steer people towards therapy when they need something like that, because I usually think that there's underlying issues as to why they're eating the way they are. Uh, and I, I, I mean, I coach running, but I'm not definitely not going to coach nutrition. That is not in my future. Yeah,
1: absolutely. There's, that's completely different. The the physical training aspect of it is definitely something way cooler and, you know, you should have the, the knowledge and that's something that I have no problem uh, picking up. But all of the, the diet coaches with the, uh, the multi-level marketing and all that stuff is it just irks me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. The the multi-level marketing stuff is is tough. I mean, yeah. it's stuff to handle. We, we could go
1: on a whole, yeah, we could go on a whole nother podcast rant about that.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, suck, if yeah. you
1: if you yeah, if you lose any sort of weight successfully, there's definitely going to be a message saying, "Oh, join my team."
0: <laughs> that's that's <Yeah>. very true. <laughs> We've gotten a few of those. Um, can you give the best place for somebody to follow you, do you, Instagram or Facebook, what's the best way to find you?
1: Um, Facebook or Instagram, I think I, I'm on Twitter, but I kind of post the same thing to all three places, so uh, I'm pretty active because it, it keeps me accountable, and that, that's kind of another thing that works for me, um, You know, posting my run selfies, posting my meal preps and stuff like that, it's a reward for doing it, so uh, I try not to overshare too much, but my kids are pretty darn cute, so you'll see some of those. Um, but I'm pretty active at any of those places, so look at me up on Facebook. I think i am Disc Josh discjosh23fitness on Instagram or something similar to that, but um, I don't really play disc golf <laughs> much anymore, so I'm going to have to come up with a new game, new name.
0: Meal Prep Josh.
1: There we go, Meal Prep Josh. Easy. <laughs>
0: Well, that's awesome. Well, this was a good talk, a lot of good insights, and I think people are going to get a lot out of it. So I appreciate you joining me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. Well, I really enjoyed that a lot. I learned a lot. I learned a lot lot about Josh and definitely will hook up the links to his sites and uh, ways that he does the food prep in the show notes. So definitely check that out. Also, you'll notice that this did not talk really too much about uh, COVID-19 and what what's going on now. This was recorded in late, very late February, 27th or 28th, I want to say. So there was not a lot of COVID stuff actually happening. I mean, a lot has changed in, in that short of amount of time. But anyway, just wanted to make sure that I gave a big shout out to Josh and say thank you. And that'll do it. We're going to wrap up episode 98 of the Fat Man Chronicles. The music is You Got Me Wrong by Safar. Thank you to our patrons Amy, James, Christine, Linda, Rob, Julie. You guys make this show possible. Everybody you know is how to find us by now, I would hope. You can go to fatmanchronicles.com. The big thing is to subscribe on your favorite podcast at and rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts and Maybe share it with somebody who might need uh, what we're doing over here. Well, at least what Gretchen does. Anyway, all right, that's it. Everyone get out there and be better today. Yeah.